On today's episode of The Real Dirt, we talk to one of the successful entrepreneurs of the new cannabis industry, Greg Kamet. Greg was one of the first people to start medical cannabis businesses in Colorado and went on from founding Dank to Canascore, Cush Bottles Colorado, Denver Consulting Group, as well as a real estate management company. Stay tuned to this episode and learn how Greg became successful throughout the hardships of the cannabis industry and how the ancillary business has really helped him grow as well as growing fine cannabis. Right here on The Real Dirt. All right, here we are again. This is Real Dirt with Chip Baker. And today's dirt, I have Greg Gamut from Dank, Denver Consulting Group, Cush Bottles, Canascore, and Gold Flora. Say hello, Greg. Well, hello. Good to be here, Chip. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm stoked you're here. Greg's was one of my first customers at Cultivate Colorado back in 2008, years and years ago. And uh, I laughed him at, at him and his partner, Justin Jones, mm-hmm. as they struggled to set up uh, their new cannabis, legal cannabis business. And for sure... I thought they were going to be the ones who weren't going to make it. Those were back in the uh, Pete at the front uh, counter there, uh, yeah, making all the sales days. Yeah, yeah, Pete Freeman at the front counter. Now mm-hmm. he works for Monsanto. <laughs> He's going to love that one. <laughs> it's not Monsanto. It's the Hawthorne Group. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> Hi, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pete. You can kick me in the balls when you see me next. I doubt he. I doubt he'll listen to this, but maybe somebody will tell him about it. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> funny hysterical yeah pete was there you guys like walked in and you're like yeah i need to grow tent right <laughs> yeah grow yeah, tent thousand, i got three thousand bucks what can i do yeah, yeah yeah right right no no i think it was like 1500 yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have a light for my basement and i need a tent a three by three tray and just give me something i can grow hydro <laughs> <laughs> y'all's story is one of my favorite stories and i tell it all the time because it, it really says that, like, anybody can do this. Even you can do yeah, it. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it really, if we can do it, that's what we tell everybody, our, our consulting clients. Look at me. I did it. Right. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to. Right, right. And uh, what I really want to talk to you today about is, like, how it all dreamed up, right? How you made it happen and 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 the problems that you went through and the solutions that you developed and and uh, where where you're really at today, man. And um, I think the best way to start this is to fire up one of these pre-rolls that you brought me. Let's see. What do we got here? This is Critical Mass. That's a good one. I think there's some Northern Lights over there. Oh, Northern Lights. And uh, oh, but we'll have this Durban poison. Oh, yeah. That'll Durban that'll make poison. us want to run around the block. Right. So I'm, I'm popping open a Kush bottle pop. joint holder. Right, yeah. That right pop right that there. Pop is patented. Yeah. Kush pop. Kush bottles is another one of... Uh, Greg's businesses, where he supplies child-resistant packaging for the cannabis industry. Yeah, and just to clarify, I'm, I'm uh, it's a public company now, so it's not really my company oh, anymore. That's right. Oh, yeah, uh, right, right. But uh, well, we'll get into all that. Yeah, later. yeah, we'll yeah, get into all yeah. that later. So, man, let's fire this joint up. I'm gonna sit back and listen to your story and tell me how it started. When was that like aha moment that weed was was something that was was uh, in your future and you felt like you could change your life with it? Well, early on, Colorado said you could grow your own medical plants in the basement. 
and because uh, everybody here in Colorado has basements, right? Exactly. Correct. We do have right. we do have basements. I love them. I'm we'll get into it later, but I'm moving to a place that doesn't have basements and right. wonder why. But so I, right. I talked to my wife and I said I want to grow my own medical cannabis in the basement. Of course, you need your wife's blessing to do anything. Pretty much uh, more, kind of, more so than a license from the state. Exactly. And uh, well, she's the boss and love her to death. She said, "Yep, let's let's do it." At the same time, I built a room down there in anticipation of her yes when we remodeled our house. Uh, put one thousand watt single ended bulb down there, non air cooled, and rocked some sour diesel I got from my good friend Matthew Bickle. Matt, Mister Diesel, Matt Bickle. Yeah, I got a right. got a cutting from him, which turned into a mother plant, which turned into nine flowering plants, and I guess the the aha moment wasn't that portion of it. It was when I harvested this. Uh got almost two pounds that first harvest, which is whoa, two pounds per light and luck. And uh distributed it to other medical patients in need and had a pocket full of money. Right, right. And you were in the landscaping industry at this point, right? Yep. I, right. So you went from cutting grass to growing grass. Yep. Uh, you know, we did. You know the whole landscaping thing and I'm gonna try not to cough in the the microphone here. <laughs> there we go. Wait, if, you, if you brought over some less strong weed, man, you might. Well, cough to get off, right? So, you know, I, I come from Iowa, moved here roughly eighteen years ago, and uh, Iowa, you don't you don't grow your own marijuana. You're the end user there because you get caught growing, then you're going to be living with a whole bunch of roommates. So I never got into that side of the things till I moved out here, but I was always a plant guy. I have a rather crazy college career, uh, nine nine years in school, seven colleges. Uh, all right, right. Yeah, well, that, yeah. Well, you, you were a pro almost. <laughs> well, I have, I'm probably one of the few people that has around 200 college credits and zero of them 400 level. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a world record. So I was always a student of life. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you were chasing girls and having a good time playing music. Oh, absolutely. Right. Playing music, listening to music, and uh, I, had a, I had a landscaping company while I was in college. You know, I was mowing yards and doing small landscape projects. And so you've been a, a, long, a long entrepreneur, a lifetime entrepreneur. Yep, pretty much. And, um, you know, my grandpa was a, an entrepreneur, uh, restaurants and grocery stores, and, and Joseph Gamet's his name. Uh and uh, my father was a fireman, but he always had a, another business going on the side. So early on, decided that I didn't want to work for people, even when I was 14, 15 years old. So I always tried to create my own business and never really – I worked for some people, but I never really thought of that as the first choice uh, to to get to gain income. But when I moved out here, uh, it's a little bit different out here. And uh, Colorado allows you to grow your own plants. And so – Put them in the basement, got that aha moment, got a little money, and did my second crop. I think I got through that second crop, and and at that point, my my wife was pregnant, and uh, pregnant with the first kid. Pregnant with the first kid, first child, long struggle. We got it. We got there. Um, uh, Lauren Lauren looked at me and said, "We're going to have a lot of visitors coming to our house from out of state, uh, mainly some of her conservative uh, relatives, and you need to get this stuff." Out of the basement. I said, well, let me get the next harvest down and we're done. Well, little, little you know what, Justin Jones, my business partner, wife was also pregnant or planning to get pregnant. Now, did you meet Justin? I met him in college. So. Oh, you met, because you guys were both from Iowa. 
Yep. I actually oh, moved okay. moved to Cedar Falls, Iowa. I loosely knew his roommate. Uh, he went to Sioux City East. Funny enough, I'm now business partners in California for, with another person that went to Sioux City East. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Jay Chadwick was there. Then they, they allowed me to uh, to sleep on their couch for about a week while I was, quote unquote, looking for a place. Well, I don't think I left the couch for a week and I don't think I got with, you know, farther than arm's length away from the bong for a week. So, uh, we, we, we heavily medicated there and got to know each other and found out we liked the same music. And, uh, Justin's a really awesome, uh, saxophone player and he, he's a real musician. I'm just a banger. You know, I play drums, but he's a real musician, but, uh, yeah, I saw those yeah. real saxophones he just bought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, and the ones in the safe. <laughs> that he bought. I know. And I'm going to go see him and ask to play him. Yes. <laughs> Use his mouthpiece, though. He loves that. <laughs> hey, you got a mouthpiece I could borrow? Yeah, yeah. No, see, so, yeah, we, I, I'm not even sure where we're at now because now we're smoking oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, right. no, yes, yeah, so I met him in college. We're kind of bounced around here a little bit. But yeah, you he, met him in college. And... University of Northern Iowa Panthers. Uh, Co Panthers. Hey, uh, I think the most famous person from there would be Kurt Warner. Okay. Quarterback. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of famous, but other than that, it's this little liberal liberal school in the northeast of Iowa, and they had a um, a bar there called Stebs, a live music place. It's not around. Everybody that hung out at Stebs was called a Stebite. Give you a shout out to all the Stebites out there. But we uh, we started playing and you know getting like a Wednesday night gig there every now and then. It, well, it was really his band, and and I would they Justin's would, band, yeah. And, and, just, it, well, and they would let the guy on that plays congas that, come up right, and you know yeah, play yeah, a little bit. Percussion guy, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the crowds were coming to see just the percussion guy. Yeah, and right, they, they didn't right, even notice right. those. Guys. No, right, I'm just kidding, right, you guys. Right, no, it was right. great. Wow, the beat is really great. Exactly. No, it was. Th there was actually really talented music musicians going on. I was very lucky to even be part of it. Really. But uh, from there, I started playing with a blues band called Mojo's House Band. Still friends with those guys today. And uh, uh, I was kind of the first one of us to to head towards Colorado. And Jones went towards Wisconsin. So from that point, uh, we just ended up meeting up in Colorado years later. And here we are. You guys became partners immediately with the uh, with with the legal cannabis. You've grown you've grown in your basement, mm -hmm. and you've had this aha moment. You already knew Justin Jones. Yep. You guys like sitting around the bong, thinking about like what you're going to do next. Is, is, is you, or or did you come home from like sweating after your landscaping yeah. business? Well, it was 100 percent my idea. Okay. What okay. Said, that is good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no, Perfect. What That's I, exactly what I want. Yeah, I called him and I said I got an idea. No, <laughs> so we were just talking. We always kind of talked about it. Oh, if it were legal or we could do right. this and that, and you know, we kind of had the aha moment there when our wife's really didn't want in the basement anymore, especially you have kids in the house, all that kind of pregnant, pregnant and right, visitors are coming. Right. So I, w I think I was driving, I went and picked him up or we met he was selling some granite tools at the time. You know, that industry was kind of going downhill. I was in landscape construction. It was getting tough, you know, tough times there. 2009, 10. Yeah. Kind of that. Yeah. A little yeah, housing right. bubble hit. Yeah. Right. A lot of expendable income went away. So, they're not going to get granite countertops. They're not going to landscape as much. So I really started thinking about it as a business then. And then uh, Jones and I just jumped in the car, drove around, and like half, it was like basically halfway between our houses, 38, 35 Elm Street, we decided to 
There's a for rent sign on there. We called Chuck. Chuck Ask. His name was Chuck Ask. I called Chuck and I said, "Hey, uh, is this the unit? Oh yeah, yeah, unit's available. Okay. Um, just want to let you know we're going to be growing marijuana in there." And he's like, "I go legally. You know, we're going to get a permit, do this whole thing." And he was like, "Well, let let me let me make a phone call. I'll get back to you." And he called the owner of the building and his business partner. And said, uh, these guys want to grow marijuana in the building. And it's and, and I guess the owner, uh, Bill, we'll just keep his first name, Bill, says, well, uh, is it legal? And that's kind of what he sounds like, too. And, and Chuck said, yep. And he goes, well, let's do it. And Bill hates insurance companies. He hates, like, taxes, the government, rules, Man. regulations. Revenues. If I want to put a bathroom in the middle of my business, why can't I do it without a permit type Absolutely. guy? So not only was he going to let us do the building, he was going to let us do whatever the, what we want to it. Right. And this was before you could walk down to the city and go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'd like to have a marijuana permit and a, mm-hmm. and a side of uh, marijuana permits. You know, you so you had to kind of word it right. We're going to be plant husbandry and we're right. uh, we need a electrical upgrade. And you know, early on, everybody kind of you know they just looked the other way a little they bit. Kind of skirted that gray area because yeah, well, they wanted you to be <clears throat> licensed. They wanted you to pay your taxes. They wanted you to have an occupancy yeah. certificate. But you couldn't say it was for yeah. weed necessarily yeah. for for medical cannabis. Yeah. So Denver calls it the F one occupancy. Pretty sure it's F one. Call me out later on and on the blog if yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. That's but, F1 hybrid, Greg. Yeah, that's an F1 hybrid. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's a number and a letter. So I think it's F1. Right. And that's before they had that, which is designated marijuana use. So uh, we went down and filled out the right paperwork. We actually went to get an upgrade on the electrical panel coming into the building. He opened the door, saw it was marijuana. Ricky Swinton. I don't know why I remember all these names. <laughs> He's oh, a re- yeah. he's actually an inspector of the city of Denver today. Good man. What's up, Ricky? You'll never listen to this, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, the city of Denver follows me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he, he <laughs> they're, they're a big fan of yours, right? They yeah. actually are. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, Dank used to have a very similar logo to the city of Denver. That's a whole other that. story. We'll That's a yeah. We'll, we'll get, get into that. that <laughs> yeah. So he he uh, said, "Oh." Marijuana called his boss. He was not approving the upgrade, and they said, you need to come down for a meeting. So we went down for this meeting. I had a relationship with the city of Denver because I worked in construction, like I said before, landscape and flat work and all that. So I knew a couple of the guys in zoning and that. So it was good walking in there, and uh, basically they said, you need to get engineered stamp drawings of the whole building. We had neighbors. We had to get, get into their facility and do measurements. It was really weird. You know, we're the marijuana guys next door. And they now, were just trying to throw as many hurdles out as oh, they yeah. could to, and, to keep you from doing it. Well, I don't know if that... No, Denver's always been, like, <laughs> really good to work with. They're, they are... Yeah, but in the early days, nobody yeah. knew what to do. Yeah, that's what... So it, nobody the, wanted to take responsibility mm-hmm. or sign off on anything, right? No blueprint at no, the time. Yeah, right. No blueprint. So... We decided that, all right, we're going to do these engineered stamp drawings. We're going to have to add a fire sprinkler system in the whole building through other people's units. Had to get all them guys to sign off. Oh, and by the way, landlord, you have to pay for the sprinkler system, but we'll pay you back in a year. <laughs> After six months, we can start getting revenue. We're just going to pull this crop. $121,000, yeah, I remember. Yeah. He said, okay. We ended up paying him back in like six months. Mm-hmm. And we ended up getting all, We were. I think we were the first, F1 occupancy in Denver, if not right there, right, you know, close to it. But the that was a big challenge, getting that 
that's when you kind of feel like you almost made it when you got the, the city says here's a here's a license go ahead and grow pot Oh shit! Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. that was the oh, that, that was, was that's a, the that's, oh, shit. that's that, oh shit moment. That's like honestly, a, oh right? shit, I'm a I'm a pot grower. Legal. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, hey man, let's let's break right there, pot grower Greg Gamut, and uh, take a break for our sponsors and other informative things we're gonna say here on the Real Dirt. This is the Real Dirt with Chip Baker and Greg Gamut. I gotta get incredible thanks out to Denver Normal. They're an organization that advocates for the rights of every marijuana consumer in the Mile High City, while also creating long-lasting partnerships with local businesses that share our value. Thanks, Denver Normal. It takes people like you to really make the change. All right, and we're back. This is The Real Dirt with Chip Baker, and today I have... Greg Gamut, pot grower extraordinaire, one of the first legal cannabis licensed issue in the state of Den- in the state of Colorado, and definitely in the town of Denver. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's recap a little bit here as I roll up and let, let's, here, and I'm not a self proclaimed pot extraordinaire. I, he, I, I claimed him yeah. a pot extraordinaire. Well, man, you know you were There's a pioneer, better. dude. Mm-hmm. Like you and Justin. You you started these legal can you, you started these cannabis businesses before there was legal licensed. You were the first people to get to get uh, contractors and engineers and blueprints, right? Like yeah, one of, yeah, one of them. Right. We we're probably all you know. Everybody like, was kind of together, yeah. but you know the difference between you guys and one of the reasons that you succeeded so well is is you were a plant guy already. You were already into landscaping, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you know, you professional at that and had a really incredible landscaping business, yeah. right? It wasn't just, you weren't just cutting grass. I've been mm-hmm. joking about that, yeah. but, like, you weren't. You were, you <laughs> That's were, a you big were, part of it, though. Yeah, you, you were know, cutting grass on the, the city of Denver, maintenance right? Takes you were doing some work for the city of Denver, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Denver's got some excellent parks here, and uh, and some of that's thanks to Greg. Well, actually, yeah, like a lot of the Stapleton, big old Stapleton parks, we were not because, I mean, I was part of it. You were part of it, but you guys came in and you took it as a a serious business and didn't hide. I remember that, right? So many other people were still hiding at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you guys were just like, hey, it's what we're doing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that because we were never really big producers before. No, I mean, no, I never did it. People. I was, I never grew before. I knew I wouldn't go to jail for it. So I, so I, I give it up to the guys that really put their shit on the line. You know, the guys that are went to prison when they have families. You know, I, I get emotional. I think about those guys because really, it's our duty to recognize those pioneers and and really give. You know how many people are in jail right now for doing what I do on a daily basis legally? Yeah, I know. It's, it was, I mean, it's amazing. You're, you're, it's it's a so, you're yeah. different side of a coin. Yeah. Drug warriors, drug war warriors, that's for sure. Alice the Coonhound just came down to Hi, the, Alice uh, the Coonhound. My wife will be jealous. On in here. She loves hound dogs. <laughs> but anyway, not to get off, off yeah, subject. Yeah, so I just like much, to throw, always throw that right. out there. No, give no, them... I, Give them, the, give them the... But you were a pioneer in your mm-hmm. own right, right. In the legal cannabis industry, right. yes. You were a pioneer in your own right. And and it's it's very humble of you to try to deny that, that you were in one of those people. But you were the first mm. person in the country, one of the first persons in the country yeah. to actually get a licensed issued yes. 
to that would be correct. grow mm-hmm. cannabis. Right? Yeah. That yeah. makes you a pioneer. Yep. Right. And 100%. I remember when we got it to it, it, we had the city of Denver, we were down there and Sean from Strainwise was there. There's news cameras there. And I have, I wasn't like fully out to my old business world yet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and my banks and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Word to the wise, if you want to get a bank account in cannabis early on, you should, probably shouldn't be in the news because it's really easy for them to link your name to it. So you yeah, gotta, right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but day one, it was crazy, you know, KOA, and everybody's there taking pictures, and you're looking at this license, and this is like the first city license issued. You had to get your city license before you got your state license. So that was a big deal. But um, in in hindsight, it it's... Uh, most of it has to do with luck and timing, honestly. You know, if you lived in Arkansas, you had no chance of doing this or, you know, any pretty much anywhere else in the country. So, you know, a lot of it's uh, location and timing and uh, and the love of the plant. So 2010-ish, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's really just kind of started there, mm-hmm. right? Like <clears throat> you might have done all this preface to get the license but at this point you guys had no idea really yeah, yeah, how, what yeah. that meant mm-hmm. it was late 11 into 12 but 2010 that's when the whole process started um yeah move, moving it felt like we were moving mountains uh but they weren't going anywhere it's like you're, you're pushing <laughs> you're pushing against this wall and every time you think you're, the wall's gonna move it just it kind of comes back at you six inches and there's a couple more hurdles to jump right right Let's talk about some of those early day hurdles. And we kind of mentioned some sprinkler systems and, and whatnot. But like <laughs> in the early days, people just went and rented. There was a mad rush to rent any type of warehouse, mm-hmm. no matter what it was zoned. People didn't even know what zoning was at the time nope. in Denver. Still, they kind of look the other way on most zoning issues for all businesses, except maybe industrial businesses. Right. And, uh, it, it, Cannabis people went and rented every available warehouse. Pretty much. Right. And uh, then they started passing regulations mm-hmm. on the licenses that they had already issued. Because they had no idea what it meant. Right. They, they they give you the license and then, well, is, does he have an occupancy permit? Does he, is he zoned appropriately? Yes, exactly. Right? Is he 1,000 feet away from the school or is it 750 feet away from the school? Is there another yeah. dispensary in the area? Right? Are there any felons that work for him? Is he a U.S. citizen? Is he a citizen color? Yeah, like all this stuff started to come up. Oh yeah, and the funny thing when you flip the coin a year later, that all that stuff ended up being way up front. So they learned mm-hmm. really the city, the city. It was the first time it's been done, and in their defense, they, they really looked. They doing. they really looked at us as a partner, like. Uh, a few of the early dispensaries is like, okay, we're going to work together. And if something doesn't work on your end, we want feedback and we'll let you know if we got to change something on our end. And uh, funny enough, our, our final inspector's name from the city of Denver was Jerry Garcia. Jay Garcia. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That's great. That's great. Yeah. That educational period. Mm-hmm. Um, were, you guys, were you guys making any money? Not not too much actually. We were probably I was still you know doing the landscape thing. Things were growing. You still kept your day job. Kept my day job. Uh, we did mm-hmm. we did tons of tons of snow removal, landscape, and all that. But um, I'd spend a lot of times at night. You know, my wife sometimes didn't see me all weekend. You know, hey, I got a I'm you know got a fairly new marriage going here, and 
by the way, I'll see you next week, right? right. Um, but we always kind of knew there was going to be an end to the means there. And and honestly, it went by really fast. And we always we always joke in the industry, mm-hmm. like there's dog years and there's marijuana years. <laughs> it, it feels like, you know, any other industry, uh, how long have you been doing it? Uh, since 2009. Well, you're, you're a puppy. Right. But this right. industry, you're like... 2009 and they're like whoa you know so first people so we're all learning even still today but in that early area when we went from all right we got a license and now they're figuring out how to regulate it you're figuring out how to operate within a regulated industry that there's lots of gray area and every time there's a gray area we try to shore it up and oh we never we never ventured away from yeah, it's probably legal. If we, we said it's probably legal, we just didn't do that. We just stayed with, if somebody walks in this right. place, because I'm not a big fan. I've never been to jail, and I don't want to. a big fan of jail. I, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't do very well in jail. <laughs> I like I like to go up, walk places and see things and whatever. So we always just tried to make sure that we were going to build a compliant company, and then after we got that done, we could grow a little weed, mm-hmm. honestly. Right, so. right. So... Were there were there times that you didn't feel like it was gonna you were gonna make it like you'd gotten this license and there were all these curveballs thrown thrown at you? Did you feel yeah. like yeah were times Uh-oh. of despair? Mm-hmm. Like hopelessness. Oh, you need to do this to your building and it's gonna cost this much money. Where are you gonna get the money? Well, I've already tapped everything. So then, you know, that's when we bring in people like Brian Sullivan, first guy to ever give us money. He's our partner now. Uh, he gave us money. Early on, when we wanted to kind of go from the tents to the rooms, but we'll get into that maybe a little bit later. Or if you heard Justin's deal on here, it's pretty funny. But Brian gave us money, and he's our partner today in pretty much everything. Uh, he's on a plane to Hawaii right now, so he's he, it was a good investment for him. And and I went to college <laughs> private, with private yeah, plane, yeah, well, private plane to Hawaii. Yeah, and Jones and I went to college with his wife, and uh, so that's how we know Brian. So it's all kind of an Iowa mismatch over there. All Iowa boys. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idiots Uh, out walking around. So uh, you you guys shoestring bootstrapped this. You founded and built the business, and you got strategic uh, investment partners uh, to to share in equity and and help you grow (laughs) your team. Mm -hmm. Right. That's how they say it now. Yeah, you can't borrow money now without an investment Investment. deck in the industry and business plan and pro formas. By the way, DCG does all of those, um, but you know, plug, plug. But you need all of that now. I w- I talk to people like, how did you start in Colorado? Well, you can't do it anymore because you could. You were a medical grower. Okay, we're just gonna make sure that you can become a light. You're already doing it. Then you get to be a licensee now, right. if you go through the right hoops. Now it's all right. Who's the prettiest girl at the ball and at the dance and at the party and. Whoever scores the best score on the application gets the license. So, so I, I've followed you over the years. You've you've applied for licenses at several other states, either through Denver Consulting Group as clients, and that's what you're referring to. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Helping other yeah, people yeah, get yeah. get in other states. I'm the only license marijuana license I'm on is the dank ones. We have several, but yep. And then I uh, recently applied in in the city of Long Beach. City California, no oh, city of Long Beach. Yeah, right. that's where you put the shit together. Um, what were the employees? You guys were doing all the work pre dispensary. When, when at some point you had to hire employees. Yep, yep. I right. mean that was so we got the investment from Brian, and uh, we actually hired a 
we, we had, you know, Mikey in the back growing, helping out, and actually Jay Griffin, who was our partner now, was the the kind of the first official employee, you know, the guy that would actually help you do stuff and teach you. Because I met Jay uh, when I was building these big projects. Uh, we were doing a project called Adonia in Aurora, Colorado, very out, in my eyes, a very boring place to live, but people want to live out there. <laughs> Jay was the designer. And I think he did the uh, did the RFP writing, you know, and and answer those those for the city of Aurora and got the design. So I was in essence building his project, and uh, we kind of hit it off. And then I ended up working a lot with his company, and we did a bunch of his projects. And then downturn construction, you know, it takes a little bit for it to hit the field because you got right. projects going. But when you're a designer and there's nobody designing, you can have a big project one day and then nothing, you know? Right. So he wanted to, to he had his own landscape design company going. And he was like, well, I could work part-time at the dispensary. So we hired uh, Jay Griffin. So do you, do you think these, these part of your success is because of the people that you, you started to work with oh, in those one, early well, days? 100%. There's, right. there's like, there's no way I could do everything, and and there's no way Justin could do everything. There's no way Jay or no way Brian, um, you know, Dan Glenn's running the show now over there and killing it. Uh, but without those guys, then there's nothing. I mean, everybody's it's so cliche, you know, you know, everybody here has you know when somebody wins an Oscar, they talk about the crew and the cast. Sorry, I just hit the microphone. Oh, no, that's okay. Uh, really, we'll get our tech. I get where they're coming thing. from because. There's no way I do what I do without them, and and honestly, I think they could probably do it without me. <laughs> That's how I think. Well, at this point, they could for like, sure. Like if I got hit by the bus, it would affect the whole company's less than if uh, you know any of those guys got hit by a bus. <laughs> That's uh, the way I see it anyway. Right. Well, <laughs> it's it's just because you've been doing it now for uh, you know uh, uh, eight years, and let's scratch good. that whole get hit by the bus. Oh uh, yeah, okay. All right, All right. erase that, Chris. <laughs> Erase the hit buzz. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm not smoking any more weed for a little bit. <laughs> don't erase that, Chris. No, don't. What was it like paying paying taxes for the, for the first time for weed? How did what, that, well, how did that is it, are you referring to excise tax, sales tax, income tax, or whatever marijuana yeah, tax? Yeah, yeah whatever. You know, uh, we'll just call it the tax. Right. Well, it, it, it actually felt good. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I'm like, now I feel like they just accepted money from me, which makes them my partner, which oh, makes right. this, you know, early on, you'd see these home grows getting busted on the news and stuff, and you would just get Don't nervous. Me. Like, I even though I got a license from the city. I'm screwed, right? So that made me feel like you're my business partner, you know, and now it's legit and please tax me again because I want this to be a track right. record it's of validated you being. It. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, Wait a second, I'm paying taxes. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. I, yeah, man. I mean, the world would be a great place if, if we everything worked without paying taxes, but, you know, unfortunately we have to pay taxes because we like to drive on roads and blah, blah, blah. But that's a whole other show. Yeah, right. So so people often, they, they talk about weed and get into weed businesses, cannabis businesses all the time to me. And, you know, the, the big thing they say is like, oh, I got to get a grower or I'm the grower or it's this grower oriented. But you haven't really mentioned that kind of once. It's all like business, business, permit, organization, uh -huh. employees, regulation. 
Right. And and I, I really think that's why it made you guys like such a good organization. You know what? Growing is the easiest part of this business. Hey, all you growers can hate on me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, here but I'm telling you. Fired up uh, right but now. I'm telling hey. What I, mean, I love man, the plant. Yeah, I love the plant, and that's how I started. I've been, you know, a big plant guy my whole life, whether it was landscaping or whatever. Except you don't want any more of this. Is that no, no, okay. that that I'm good on. If you want this, <laughs> this interview to keep going, to go. it's but, a but I love the plant, and I love the grow, and that's where I started. We were a grow. We never wanted to be a, a dispensary or a bottling guy or a consultant or anything. The so business it, start, that, it started out as you were just growing weed, yeah, not just, a dispensary. Yeah, we were just going to, you know, wholesale to like 15 of our friends and wholesale the rest out to other dispensaries. Okay, okay. And so the the hardest part of this business is the rules, the regulations, the stressful part, the I'm going to get arrested part, uh, the, or, you know, we want to make sure we're following the rules. We don't want to, you know, any weird pesticide things tied to our name and you know just making sure you're following all the all the rules and regs the growing part you got a recipe you know you can if you can bake really good cookies you could eventually kind of in my eyes get your recipe and and grow good marijuana and i'm not trying to take the 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 hardness out of it but it is a plant and if you give a plant what what it needs it'll grow there not i was way humbled today i walked into a grow today that made me feel like quitting it right. was so Josh good. Josh Alight. We talked about Hey, this Josh Three Alight. Uh, yeah, he crushes I, it, man. Oh, my gosh. He crushes it. Now. Um, you can't get three pounds of light. Oh, yeah. People well, say that I, all the time. I've said it. I used to say it to two, right? Uh, like that. I'd be like, two. Uh, I got it one time, first time. Blah, blah, blah. No, but it's, so I walked. I told, I you know, I play percussion, and I told Josh when I left there, I go, every now and then I'll be at a, a show, and I'll see a percussion player. I feel like I'm pretty good. There's better out there, but I'll see a percussion player that makes me want to either quit or start practicing a whole lot. Well, I felt like that when I went into Josh's Grow today. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's one of those oh, wow moments. I just had an oh, wow moment, and in five years from now, this might be the biggest oh, wow moment of the whole thing. Yeah, you know, (laughs) because that oh, wow moment is we'd a thousand fifteen hundred dollars a pound now and 10 years ago people were growing that would be a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a light that they were profiting but he's growing three plus pounds mm. so it's back to that forty five hundred dollars a pound light yeah. Yeah. right it, um and, right. and he was talking yeah. about uh you know his goal is six a light mm-hmm. and uh he's seen five so you know, we're talking. I remember back in the day, yeah. you know, and the the standard was a you know pound, pound and a half, light. even maybe in a pound no, and pound a, of light for years. Pound, yeah, and then pound and a quarter, yeah. and then oh, he's getting a pound and a half. Oh my god, he's about, I wouldn't even do it if I wouldn't get two pounds. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, and then and then all of a sudden it flipped. Everybody was like, oh yeah, I got two, I got two pounds too, and you know they're like pulling down a three quarters of a pound, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> they're, they're, you see that you uh, you especially and, you see the nutrients yeah, they're buying and they're you know you got, you probably have some funny stories of customers that just you know they got one light in their basement and they come and they want to act like they know the <laughs> they, they they invented marijuana basically right <laughs> you know those people did invent marijuana <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no it's you know it the the pride that is in the grower is incredible oh, yeah. and I do get to see it from all different yeah. levels. And it's the same pride that you have from have developing a publicly traded company, Cush Bottles. Mm-hmm. Same type of development pride, idea, 
abstract idea that you developed into this solid thing that turned uh-huh. into this other abstract idea. Oh yeah. It's it's that same mentality that the one light closet grower, the guy that's got a couple three fifteens yeah. in his bathroom in his basement or something. Yeah. I only did right. two harvests before I went and started dank. And which right. which See, you to it. guys like you and guys that you hang out with it, it, you know, the thing is, is I own it. I don't like. No, I don't, you I, were never, it, you were never arrogant about it. No, I, no. But I do have customers that have one pull, and they know fucking everything. Exactly. About it, for sure. Yeah, I, I used to. That's the other reason. You know, let's give a shout out to Matt Bickle. Mm-hmm. So, and also IPA Mike. I went. You know, the, I, I, I went saw his. His was the first girl I saw, and I'm like, I, could, I could maybe do this, right? And then, uh, it's not hard. And then I started started you know i was like oh i need some i need a strain and so legally matt bickle who was a medical grower gave me medical clones legally and it was sour diesel i still have that strain in dank today because we could legally transfer medical clones into our our facility at the time but that strain and and then what i've learned from matt bickle basically how dank grows today is based off the first time i went into matt bickle's basement and and uh, smart guy. He he takes a lot of the. Yeah, it makes it easy. You know, that's not right. gets the bullshit out of the he way. He might not know exactly why the plant does what it does on a scientific basis. Doesn't matter. But he feels it from no, the plant. Yeah, right, I mean, he's right. he's. It's weird. It's it, it's awesome to see. So yeah. so yeah. You know, oh, he could be a pro at anything he did. I mean, yeah. You, we, Especially defensive end right now. Yeah, I think right. you know, it, that man. guy could totally play in the NFL right now. I think so. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> He would. That would make him feel so good to hear you say that. Well, I'm gonna make sure he listens. Maybe that could episode. be on the on the leader. In oh, the, oh the, okay. Yeah. There's, there's the, the sizzle. The, the sizzle. sizzle. Yeah. But anyway, so we're we're uh, at at the area there in the middle um, of becoming an expert, right? So yeah. Matt Bickle was was a key part of it, and then we always were very transparent both ways. Hey, I learned this from him. I'm gonna teach it to you. While I'm teaching it to you, you're going to teach me something. I'm going to pass it back to him. And pretty soon, you know, we had this network of probably 50 guys uh, that mm-hmm. I feel like that era we learned because it was legal. It's above board now. You can you can have a conversation at the bar while you're drinking your beer at a normal, normal level and not worry about somebody overhearing you and getting turned in because you have a home grow. So you're... The 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 not knowledge the started sharing, so I figured that was like a light year uh, for growing. I think that that was the golden age where you could learn what it took used to take ten years to learn, you know, like in the shadows, whispering between the internet and between like oh, especially the internet. I mean, yeah, yeah. but you gotta be careful. I mean, you read a blog. I mean, I, I used sure. to have a and grower like, in the you back. Look up ingredients though oh. on the internet, and like stuff oh, yeah. like that. It's yeah. like you never what yeah. what sunflower ash. What is that? I mean, I hear story like you know the old schoolers having to buy like a gym light through JB Hunt. I'm gonna yeah, order right. an HPS 800 watt gym light, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna put it in my barn, and I'm gonna grow. Mm-hmm. Indoor weed from a gym light. You know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that all that stuff is so so awesome to me. And and <laughs> and I anytime there's a story about an old school guy, I always make sure I read it and try to send a message because hey, thank man, you. you. You got a you got a favorite weed story? You can give me a weed story right now. Favorite weed story. Hey, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna break again, and you're gonna think about your weed story. And I'm going to roll another joint up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm game. Real dirt. Great, Great game. Yeah. 
These episodes of The Real Dirt are sponsored by Denver Normal. Denver Normal is an organization that advocates the right for every marijuana consumer in the Mile High City, while also creating long-lasting partnerships with local businesses to share our values, a deep love for the community, the cannabis plant, and the commitment to educate our audience. All right. Weed story. Third, third joint going here. Greg Gamut. And let's just be honest, Chip has smoked uh, <laughs> 75% of those first two. Yeah. To be such a big baller, man, I know. You can't ha- handle the weed. No, I can't handle the weed. No, um, just under pressure to speak legibly. Exactly. Right. No, yeah. I get it. I, it I, takes a lot for me to sound intelligent, so yeah. it's a, it's an effort. Not that I do. So we're back here with Greg Gamut, and uh, Greg is is one of the the co-owners of one of the first legal cannabis businesses in the state of Colorado, um, but he also has several other businesses and that have come out of that. And that's that's the the other interesting thing about you guys is it's not just one business that's a dispensary uh, and a, a grow. You you guys have three or four other businesses denver consulting group yep kush bottles at one point canna store canna score canna score and gold flora let's go Flora is the newest one but we'll get to that let's 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 go through it all denver consulting group yeah so we uh we started denver consulting group a little bit after kush bottles um colorado you know kush bottles was started in california by uh nick and dallas you know, years prior to us becoming a distributor for them and then later uh, merging, they bought us, long story short. So then DCG, we've always, that's always been a, a family, you know, pull up your bootstraps type business. Started it with just, you know, trying to teach people how to compliant label their bottles for Kush bottles. So we review their labels and from that, you know, basically... All the regulation comes to a point. For the bottle that you yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Weed. But you probably uh, sold them weed to go in it too. It's oh, like, oh yeah, for sure. Wholesale ah, weed. Awesome. You know, great. But the funny thing is, people knew everybody in the industry before Jones and I did because we were just concentrating on what we did, and we really got to know everybody in the industry once we started Kush bottles because we're now trying to sell them all bottles and packaging, and that really opened up the line of communication, and we started meeting. You know all of our competitors and 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 knowing their stories, and then they'll tell us what where they screwed up, so we could avoid that. We tell them where we thought we screwed up, so they could avoid it. So that was a cool time. Yeah, c- c- compliance became an overnight problem for everyone because you could start up these businesses and they didn't have any regulations or rules, and then all of a sudden, right, there were rules that were mm-hmm. changing on a daily basis. It was a moving sidewalk, a moving target. Mm-hmm. Uh, something might be legal today that's not legal tomorrow, right? Exactly. And, and, and so Denver Cush, Denver Consulting Group sprung out of that need, uh-huh. right? Because farmers are farmers. Oh, yeah. Most of these people just wanted to grow weed, right? Well, really, Denver, then we started, you know, metric. People really didn't know how to do the inventory tracking system right. very well. And, you know, give Jones credit, he... He learned that thing and became friends with uh, Scott Vinholm, who's the main guy over there. He developed that relationship with Metric, and that really gave us another legitimate, you know, revenue source that now got us into other people's facilities to help them clean up their Metric and and clean up, uh, you know, open 
packages in, within the metric system that sends a red flag to the MED, which tells them to come out and you know investigate. So uh, we started doing that for people, and then we saw other needs. Oh, you don't have an SOP manual. Oh, you don't have – it was really – it wasn't like we got together and go, we're going to be – here's our vision. You know, we're, It just was like we always just did the next thing. And then if somebody needed something done, we always decided to say, we're never going to say no. If we have to hire a sub for a little while to get it done – and learn that whole realm. Let's say, you know, technical writing. You used to always hire a technical writer. Now we have very capable technical writers working for us. That's just a small example. Or, you know, we used to uh, sub out a lot of our metric cleanup. We'd find a guy, 1099 him, and he'd go out and clean it up, and we'd oversee it and manage the product. Now we do all that in-house. So uh, we always just try to do the next thing. And the, even today there's stuff happening that, Oh, we want to do that next thing. So here's here's, here's what our, here's the here's the how steps. many people work for Denver Consulting Group now? Work for we have a big ownership group because um, Jones and I, when we kind of got together to found to found Denver Consulting Group, we decided to give some of the dank employees pieces of Denver Consulting Group. So we have seven owners now, awesome. and uh, it it's it is awesome. So all the seven owners, uh, some of us get paid, some of us don't. Uh, work there, but you know we get OE checks and that kind of stuff. And with that ownership group, there's a guy that owns, uh, you know, Frank Falconer. He owns uh, part of Americana, and uh, which is a great edible company here in Colorado. So we have there's people like that. We have a very a lot of knowledge in different areas of the industry. And then circle back, we have four, five, five employees on right. top of that, so twelve people. Right. That was a long answer to that how many people worked there. That's okay. That's wow. okay. That's what, the, that's what the weed does for you. It makes you think about it. That think is. About or it makes you ramble. Kush Bottles, you, you, you opened up a distribution of this California company. You bought into the California company. Yeah, basically, um, I, John, Nick's brother, I called him up. Him and Nick and uh, Ben Wu, who hadn't started working or just started work for the company. He's now the president, came out. They weren't just meeting with me. They were meeting with some other people who had the same idea to do it with them. And uh, I remember Nick going, what do you know about distribution? I go, nothing. I don't, I don't know. I go, it's that door over there. I know Petrich Farms. I watched them for like a year. The trucks would back up over there, and then all the smaller <laughs> trucks would take them out on this side of the building. So something similar to that. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a phone call involved. Or yeah, email. Well, the distribution, and I mean, of everything I've ever done, and a lot of great distributors out in the world, I would say it's probably got less moving parts. You know, if you have a good product, what the middleman? Yeah, the middleman's yeah. always the right man. Okay, I I, I never knew about the middleman. I mean, I the, never knew about I, the middleman. I didn't know until then. I was like, ooh, the middleman. The guy you don't even know is the guy <laughs> that's got the you the know middle. The middle makes the cash. It's always like, who's that in that Lambo over there? Eh, he must be a distributor. Yeah, he's the middleman. He's the middleman. Some big shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny, I'm going to start calling all my distributors middlemen. Oh, you're <laughs> yeah. the middleman. I, I think you are the middleman on a couple things, too. I, I Maybe. 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 I like my businesses vertically integrated, so I try to keep Ooh, them from like... Yeah. Segway. You know, yeah. Import, you know, import to manufacturing to... Yeah, distribution, wholesale, retail. There's not a whole lot of like industries one, yeah. that you can get into now where you can you can be the the, the producer, the processor, yeah. the distributor, and the retail. I yeah. mean, I, 
I, I probably couldn't even think of one, honestly. Yeah, no, the ganja industry, the ancil- ancillary industry associated with the cannabis industry, they're really good industries to be in. Mm-hmm. You can you can do it all, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, it might be harder to enter today in our states or for... You know, for, oh yeah, very. It's it's yeah. A, it's a different ball game now. Right. And even it's if you different. want to start a packaging company right now, you have to get you got to take market share from somebody like, else. Right? Like all, when when you started doing what you're doing, the, mm-hmm. the you just would just get the market share because you were. I mean, I, you know why we started going to cultivate because we had to. Yeah, who right. else was gonna? I could maybe I could. I'm not gonna name names, but certain stores on Broadway, you go there and and get like a third of what on your list, and then they. Right. Tell you to come back and a week later. So you could right. go to cultivate, and if they didn't have it, it, if they didn't have it, you know, if you you could get it within a day or two, which I loved. Right. Yeah, right. So right, middleman, middleman could be middleman sometimes. I guess you're right. So you middleman some Kush bottles, and and the canister came along all kind of at the same time though. Canister. We could call the middleman. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. The Jack Tripper, because he's like kind of like the middleman. Two women. Oh, I see. Let's Three's take a company. Out. Anyway, go back that's, to your question. Yeah, see, not everybody knows Three's company. Uh, yeah, so, well, right. not all. Not all the, the Jack Tripper, the old school growers, know Jack Tripper. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good strain, dude. If there's not already one out there, I bet there needs to be one. It should be a Mister Furley or what was that guy? Mister Farley. Mr. Oh, uh, dude, a whole three companies. All right, that's what. Let's. All right, here's our business idea. We just had it over the real. Yeah, we're gonna, here's we'll the start, Janet. Yeah, here we'll start low grade. We'll start. <laughs> We'll start our, our own genetics company. Yeah. And we'll call it Three's Company. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and all the strains are going to be modeled after. Uh, we got Mr. Roper. Yeah. What was the We got other, Janet. We got uh, uh, Chrissy. Chrissy. We got Jack Tripper. How about Larry? And Larry. <laughs> and Larry. Larry could just be Larry OG. Yeah, we got that, six that, strains. That could be the, you know how we have the, <laughs> we don't really, but the guy that looks like Larry Bird on our Larry OG shirts. Oh, we right. could actually have, then we have Larry David as one of our, we could actually have Larry from Three is Company as the next t-shirt that's Larry OG. That's pretty heady, man. I so bet you, you didn't think you were going to get a Jack Tripper out of this interview. I did not I was going to get a Jack Tripper out of that interview. That's <laughs> That'd be a good, good strain, one. by the way. What's that? Oh, that's the Jack Tripper. Yeah, that, well, we already said that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Like thirty four seconds ago, man. I was just reiterating. Oh yeah, all right, all right. Straighten up. Straighten right, we up. We should start a company so, called Three. <laughs> Three's company, awesome, dude. Damn, yeah, a good you idea. You know, it'll be hysterical if that would actually materialize with someone else that just heard this. Yeah, but you know what? We could sue them because uh, trademark laws are first to use. Yeah, first. And this is a verbal trademark. First to business. Yeah. Here you'll have to. You'll have to sell me a seed or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't sell seeds in your weed, though. So uh, not man, if we do it right. We have like before. Now, now you you've almost come full circle here, man. You mm-hmm. you you've gone from like being in the landscaping, hardscaping industry, right? Having having a few partners in that, all the way to like multiple ancillary businesses in the cannabis industry, mm-hmm. uh, uh, including uh, legal cannabis grow, legal cannabis dispensary. And now, like you're a leader, when would when, when was there a moment when you felt that you were you were a pro or an expert or a leader? I, uh, I first of all, I like to throw it out. I think we all have to learn all the time. 
But when I when I first oh felt, absolutely yeah. the man you yeah. know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. and like you've got the I mean you feel like you know what you're doing you feel it but when you start to get like outside people when like they asked me to speak at a marijuana conference on sit on a panel there's four of us up there and you know at the end of a present you do a small presentation and they introduce you as an expert so you're already kind of feeling feeling good about yourself let's be honest and at the end they get to ask you any kind of question they want. So we're, we're fielding these questions and everybody on the panel started looking to the left cause I was sitting on the left and I started answering all the questions and I knew the answers. I knew there's a couple and I'm the type of guy. If, if I don't know the answer, give me, I'll, I'll figure it out. And I'll tell you how I don't quite know that. Let me do it. You know, sometimes we're all inaccurate a little bit, but I try to really, let people know when I don't know something. But if I knew the question, I was answering them all. I felt like at the end of it, we all kind of walked off the stage and I had a had a, a group of people that wanted to know furthermore, can I get your business card? And, and then we really started getting people calling us at DCG. We used to have to try to get every client and claw and scratch and go to every conference. And, you know, conferences are great when they're, it's like your first 20 after that it's it, you go to any you know business conference marijuana conference or medical conference or packaging conference it's it's a it's a it's, you know it sucks mm-hmm. at this point right. it's great to get together in industry but to be able to speak yeah, there's like 20 of these conferences now and... there's a lot so you got to be careful which one you're going to there's you know uh business daily does a great one and you know there's some good a lot ones of, yeah a lot of mig and all those guys look at realdirt.com for a link of all the great conferences realdirt.com <laughs> is there somebody else here? Yeah, yeah. studio audience. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Your his lips weren't so even you, moving you, when he did that. You, you spoke at a, on a panel. Yeah, I spoke on a panel and got done, and then people were actually following up, and and then that began. You know, we started speaking on in, in other, you know, conferences and stuff, and then just satisfied customers. You know, when you get done helping them out, they're like, "Yeah, couldn't have done it without you. Thank you so much." And when I say me, you, I mean our team, of course. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I mean, you, you're you're a consultant, so you're obviously an expert. You just hadn't realized that at that point. Well, I, I mean, because it was all like behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. Like well, here's here. smoke and mirrors before that moment. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't think anybody ever's born. You know, you don't you don't come out of the womb and go, I want to grow up and be a consultant. You know, it. it <laughs> It doesn't happen, right? Yeah, and I and Jay, my business partner, gets mad when I tell our clients that. I'm like, hey, I never, I didn't want to do this. It's almost like you know, a superhero. You know, they they don't want, they didn't ask for those powers. I'm just kidding. It just <laughs> you didn't ever want to be a consultant. It just happens when you become an expert. And it, you know, at some point, you know, you probably you know, you might not have a consulting company or the guy, you know, next door that grows the best tomatoes don't have a consulting company, but he's over consulting other people and telling them how to do it or. Yeah, how to better mow a yard or play a guitar? You know, that's what yeah, it is. Teachers everywhere, exactly. Consultant's yeah. a teacher. Right. So there's good. And there's really bad. Just like teachers, there's good and bad. So, um, actually, we love teachers. Give a shout out to them. My wife was a teacher. Yeah, my um, mom was. It's a tough, tough job. Yeah, Very tough wife, job. My wife's a teacher. Yeah. Right. So, so what's next, man? Uh, what's going on now? I am. I don't know when this is going to air, but I will be probably in a car 
following a, a moving vehicle I'm full of my stuff, heading to... Going to California with an ache yeah, in I, my heart. Well, I wanted to say more like, I'm going back to Cali, but I never Cali, was there first. Cali. I'm not going back, so I'm just going to Cali. Going to Cali. Right? I think, the, you know, Biggie's got a go, going back to Cali song, too. Oh, yeah. To- oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Going yeah. But anyway, song. yeah. Uh, but I'm moving to uh, Newport Beach, which, you know, oh, terrible. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but... Uh, never, never thought I'd leave Colorado. Love Colorado, but we're starting a company out there uh, called Gold Flora. Uh, I'm involved in a in a with Black Star Industrial Properties in a in a huge project in Desert Hot Springs, twenty seven plus acres and about six hundred eighty thousand square feet of uh, buildings for growing, processing, distribution, whatever marijuana job or business you want to put in there right uh right. and it, the city out there has been great to work with it's uh it's super easy to get licensed and uh you know we're all kind of practicing for the california eighth biggest right eighth biggest market in the world something like that economy or eighth biggest economy yeah. in the world maybe that's could be six or nine i know i'm in the ballpark i'm i'm loosely based on facts loosely based on facts over here it changes every year yes and right. and so Going out there, thirty-three million people or so in Southern California. The count, yeah, the yeah. counted, the counted population, anyway. Yes. Right. Well, we should get on a different talk show. If we want to talk about, we're talk about well, that, the yeah. actual drunk people, those right. those immigrants. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just just keep on growing, man. Just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, I'm really excited about this project. This is the first time that I really feel. Now, I want to be careful of the words I use, the not the legitimate business, because every business, is leg- if you get paid to do something, that's a legitimate business. But the, I'm talking about, you know, old money, uh, wanting interest in this industry, uh, you know, people that came on the Mayflower, their families, not the actual person, they would be passed away right now, but, you know, old school money, and also a lot of entrepreneurs in, in California, and mm-hmm. um you know, I want to say they're loose and fast, but they, when they see something, they, they want to invest in it. And so, you know, I've kind of learned how to raise money. I've never, I've always, you know, built stuff bootstrap wise. It's hard to do that nowadays in this industry. There'll be another one that comes along, but to be able to, you know, start off at the top with the best facility, you know, uh, with what we've learned over the years, building rooms and lights. And I even learned something today, Josh at three light and you know, that I'm going to be able to take into design and into stuff out there. So, and then a couple of dispensary applications are in, in long beach. And uh, I know there's a lot of people from here that are, that applied out there for that. And, uh, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm ready for a challenge. The family, I got a family I got to take out there with me, of course. And, um, and thank you to my wife for, saying she's always been hey i'm thinking about doing this she's always like you know what you could yeah give it a shot you know and there's been there's been losers i'm sure you know you're an entrepreneur yes i mean they they all don't they all they're not all home no 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 no. uh if you can get you know one more right than you do wrong you know it's probably pretty good we've been lucky and gotten a few right but she's always been game and if you don't have that support you can't really even think of the idea or put it into motion and then you know the right people the right business partners and uh, i can't remember what the question was at this point that was it man what are you doing next yeah you get yeah. you got your you got your props out to your wife and your business partners and 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all honest, at the same time. Exactly. And I'd like to give a shout out to Chip. Honestly, I do. You know, you you are a pioneer at what you do, and this guy's putting a soil factory here and a production facility here in Colorado. Now he doesn't like to toot his own horn, Dude. but hey, if you, but if if uh, if if all of us were as diversified as you, uh, we would all wouldn't have any time at all. I mean, I'm a pretty diversified guy too. And I respect a guy. I think I probably have ADHD and I just treat it with starting businesses. I think mm-hmm. I, you know, and I function well when my plate's pretty close to full. I think you're a lot like me in that way. Yeah, and I respect yeah, the fact that, yeah. you know, the Royal Gold, the good products that so you're a manufacturer. You're also a retail guy. You, you do it all. So yeah, we, we have, we have props. Yeah, thanks, bud. Chip we've got similar business plans. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'd like to start a fan club and actually of uh, yours, and I'm the president. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. You're hired. You right. Send one dollar mm-hmm. uh, in a self-addressed <laughs> envelope. <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks, Greg. I, hey, I thank really you. appreciate this it. This is fun. And, uh, it was fun, man. I'm glad I got the other other side of the story. Yep. For Dank. Yep. I, I just think uh, you know Justin Jones is a good man and. He had a plan, and we both followed it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, thanks again, man. Real Dirt, Chip Baker, and Greg Gammon. Peace. Man, when Greg walked in my store in 2009, I was for sure this guy wasn't going to make it, and damn if he didn't show me wrong. If you listen to today's episode, you really get expired by Greg and his story and and what he's brought to the cannabis industry and what he's going to bring. Thanks again, Greg. I appreciate your time. And if you want to find out more about Greg, you can look him up on our website at therealdirt.com. If you want to subscribe to all and future episodes of The Real Dirt, subscribe to us at The Real Dirt Podcast on iTunes. Thanks again. 